Hey, Andrew. Hey, Cody. What you doing? Just here on Origins and Adaptations, episode 47. Yeah? Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. That's good. I'm good. Let's get this going. Okay. Let's get this going. All right, okay. I'm so excited. So this week we have a different sort of podcast, actually. We're doing live! Yep, we are doing it live. (laughs) Uh... But, yeah, so it's going to be weird. It's going to be crazy. But, you know, we like to do this every once in a while. You know, every 47 episodes. We gotta get nuts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, what is this, pro wrestling? Pro <laughs> What's happening? Apparently our podcast need to be below an hour because Kevin won't listen to them otherwise. Are you serious? Remember when he was like, they're just so long. They're so long. He's going to listen to this one and he's going to hear me talking smack yeah, about it. yeah. You know what? Come on, Kevin. Deal with it. Deal with it. Remember when our podcast used to be like 20 minutes? Yeah, that was kind of a joke. I don't yeah. know how that happened. Dude, were we just not smart then? Uh, yeah. Like, we had less knowledge. I've acquired... We, we've... Sorry. I just used the, the I word. We've acquired so much knowledge that over this past two years that we just... <coughs> we regurgitate so much more. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's, 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 let's say yes. Yes. Let's say yes. Yes. Uh, so we have just a, we're still going to do the news as normal. I've got news, but then our topics are going to be, you know, whatever, whatever we want to talk about. I do have some, a favorite recent read and a never have I ever this week though. So I will still be able to Man, do that. Man, I was about to read volume four of TMNT. Yeah. That's that's a total lie. It's on the shelf. I I, <laughs> I really haven't. It, it was right there in front of me. I was just about well. To so read that's it. true. That much is true. It is right there. Uh, it's very. But then handy. I just sort it's of right got on with my life. I, I sort of just kind of you know got on with my life. Okay, so going on to news. Starting out, Sony has announced the Black Cat and Silver Sable movie is set for 2019. I don't know. I I'm just done. I'm done with this with. Like I'm going to, I'm going to let the public know, our audiences, uh, when these movies are coming out. I'll I'll talk about it. I'll bring it up. But you're kind of through with like, oh, what can we expect? Yeah, I'm just done with it's it. It's a Marvel movie. No, it's a Sony movie. Well, oh wait, is it, this is Black Cat. Yes, it's a Spider-Man character. Both are Spider-Man oh, characters. Oh 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 oh. Black okay. Cat and okay. Silver Sable. 2019. I totally got up on the wrong foot. I was thinking, okay, so no, I was thinking about Black Panther for some reason. Oh no, 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 no. But anyways, anyways, but even let's let's say you were talking about Black uh, Panther. Still, it's a we know what to expect from. Yeah, I know what to expect from a Sony movie. It's it's gonna be Sony. Yeah, yeah. So if it was a Marvel movie. Okay, fine, take my money, but there's no more discussion there. Honestly, it's kind of like talking about. The Beatles' Sgt. Pepper album. It doesn't need to be discussed anymore. We all yeah. know it's good. Yeah. I, it depends it's on the Marvel- It's not even their best. It's, it would <laughs> depend on the Marvel movie. Like, if they no, came I, no, out- No, okay, no. I mean at they, this point in the release history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, no, if they said yes. Black Panther's coming out in 2018, I'd be like, yeah, you told us that. Like, come on. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, this is uh, part of their- I think it was like six movies. Venom is one of them. Mm-hmm. The Black Cat, Sa- Silver Sable movie. Like, it's one movie. I don't even understand that. I don't understand how they're even going to do it because Felicia Hardy, who is Black Cat, 
See, it's already got me talking. They could this do, is annoying. You know what I would see in a two-parter? Or, or, but she or goes after Kingpin. Like, that's her whole thing. It, so you're saying that the story, the story arcs don't cross over enough? Well, what's... Like, Sony doesn't own the rights to any of this. So it's going to be made-up characters. Yeah, for this and made that's up, what and you can always expect from a Sony Black Cat, take on Marvel. Black Cat is a villain. Like, she's she's a horrible villain, but she is a villain. Like, she steals stuff. She's a cat burglar, but she murders people when she does it. And Spider-Man's always taking her down, usually in a very intimate way. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, there was that one time where uh, Peter moved out of his apartment because he got married to Mary Jane, and Black Cat like, showed up to his apartment, and there was someone else in there, and she's like, oh, hey, Ty- oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, no. That's, That's funny. Not, this is not who I thought it was. Um, no, and then Silver Sable is, she's a mercenary, she's like the head of a mercenary group. So it's just like, I don't, these characters, these are characters that don't have a lot of character without Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'm just done. I'm done with it. Sony keeps trying to do this and I'm done. I'm done with them. They can take their movies and go elsewhere. So maybe, so getting back to what- They're superhero movies. Their other movies are great. So, Yeah. Um, what I was about to say when I was on the wrong foot, when I was thinking you were talking about a different character is honestly, unless they announce some crazy, amazing casting choice for like an entirely out of nowhere character, I really don't even feel like discussing what are we going to expect from a Marvel movie? Oh, I have a lot of that in this. All episode. I'm yeah, all, all I'm saying <laughs> is I I like these movies. Yeah, but it's like I mentioned on here. A friend of mine and I uh, agreed that when we're going to the movies, we're having the same cinematic experience over and over and over again because yeah. the Marvel formula has gotten so good. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly like uh, however however it's like, it's they like came out and said we're doing a Moon Knight movie, I would flip out. Or, like, a really good casting choice for Silver Surfer or Fantastic Four. Yeah, because that would mean Not Fantastic Four now. Fantastic Four before the Miles Teller. Yeah. Yeah. Not, no, not anymore. That that franchise has been handled so poorly. Yeah. It just... Well, inconsistently. Yeah. Very... Just very, very inconsistently. You could kind of say... Fact. The, you could say the first one was okay. Yeah. Um, it was decent. But and I guess what I'm like, saying... I mean, I'm just, it's the best Johnny Storm we've, we have. Yeah, I'm just not expecting anything new from Marvel at this point. I think it's no. gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty samey. The the newness that I'm expecting is after Avengers four, when they said there's going to be a new generation of Marvel movies. Because that's going to be changing status quo. Like new characters are going to take over. It's going to be like a generations kind of thing. Spider-Man's probably going to be a huge part of the Avengers. Do you, do you think the cinematic and storytelling aspects will change with the characters? I think it's going to have to. Okay. Um, I, As much as I like these movies and I love these movies, I'm in the same boat as you. you that this <clears throat> era of superhero movie has seen its day. Yes. And 
That's why I love Civil War so much, because it was it was different mm-hmm. than the rest of the the Marvel movies. So, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, what's up? Um, will the new ones have new characters that have already been written about, or how will that work? You mean like the new generation? Yeah, will it be something where they just kind of? So they're not going it? to they're not going to make a main movie about a character that's never been shown before. Okay. Um. They're going to... Marvel has a huge back catalog of characters that they haven't used before. Um, And some of the characters that we have on screen already are probably going to take the mantle. I can see... I can see either Falcon or Bucky taking over the Captain America mantle. Because in the comics, uh, when Captain America died, uh, Bucky was the one who took the mantle. Right. And he was Captain America for a long time. Wasn't Bucky at one point Captain America when when Steve was still alive? Uh, I don't think so. Wait, he might have been when he was like Agent Rogers or something like that. Uh-huh. But I think that was only for a brief amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Falcon when Cap like became old and aged a ton. He dropped the Captain America because he wasn't strong enough to be Captain America, and Captain uh, Captain Falcon, Falcon took over and became <coughs> Captain America. My my only um, <laughs> what that was Super Smash Brothers. Oh. My only thing is um, I don't think Evans looks or acts well. I mean, I mean, he has his old timer kind of expressions, and you can tell he's someone who came out of the era that he did. Yeah. But he's still very. Very in shape and looks young. I don't know how they're going to find an excuse oh, to, he would, he would to, die. to write him he would out. Die. You think they'd have to have him die? Yes. That's the only way at this point. Or, I mean, they've showed their aging. The uh, chick who bit. played Peggy Carter, they aged her to be the old version of Peggy. Yeah. They could do it. I could um, see it. I just don't want... I mean, they freaking... I just don't want Chris Evans' Captain America to die. This is true. I, I mean, the other ones I could take. Chris Evans is Captain America. Yeah. That's Christopher Reeve's Superman. It's just too good. Yeah. I don't want anyone else as Captain <laughs> America. Um, and let's see. That's uh, a bummer. There's still, I mean, they could bring in Hercules. They've they've done Thor, but they could bring in Hercules. That's a character that hasn't been used a lot. Uh, I know they're doing a TV show with her, but Squirrel Girl is a character that could make her her movie screen debut um yeah there's just a bunch nova hasn't been used at all nova could be brought in um spider-man just has a whole backlog like there's miles morales there's gwen stacy from an alternate universe there's uh spider-woman well, yeah, Marvel has a million like <clears throat> repeat characters. Yeah. Well, and Spider Woman's the weird one because she's not a like she has nothing to do with the Spider family. Kind of how Batwoman has nothing to do with the Bat family. Kind of. Yeah, except Batwoman is related to Bruce. What's what's his relationship to Bat? She's Bruce? like his second cousin or something like that. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just know they don't interact really at all. Oh, uh, they do now, but... They hadn't been for the they longest time. Yeah, and with Rebirth, he actually gave her her own team. Okay, I, I remember <laughs> our, con- our conversation about it. I'm, I'm referring to history. 
like you, the original. See, you're, Batwoman? You're, you're talking current stuff because you're, yeah. you're you're up to date. I'm I'm talking the history of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, Batman Batwoman, isn't very tight with Batwoman. No, and Batwoman, the original Batwoman, was created for uh, to get rid of the rumors that Batman and Robin were gay together. Yeah, yeah. Back in the sixties. Yes. Was it sixties? I thought it was fifties. Nope. Because it was around um, when the show was coming, the show had come out. It started to get more peculiar, I think, in the sixties. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's it's weird. The, like well, if there the was 50s, the the fifties, um, the late fifties comics bleed into what was going on in the sixties. Okay. The la- I, I think it was the way the comics were starting to get written in in the late fifties. It's kind of what sparked the idea for a show like that. Yeah. Um, and then the comics got even sillier once the show came out. Yeah, because they had to replicate. Yes. Yeah. Because if you go back and read, I mean, I, I'm a broken record, but if you go back and read the Batman from the 40s, the writing is dated, but he was a savage. Yeah, like he had a gun. Even after he lost the, like, got rid of the gun, yeah. ditched it, he and Robin were kicking butt. Yeah. They were, they were like, take no prisoners, kick and ass, And then the 90s names. came around. And he was right back into it. Well, actually, um, he he got really into it in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, was pretty big um, for Batman as far as like making him dark again. Yeah, the nineties took it a step further, but the eighties yeah. were the one the one that really introduced the dark side again. The dark side. Is that so, when dark side was introduced? So, uh, the character. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Cause you he would was, probably he was, know better than I would. He was introduced before Thanos was. Because Marvel was like, well, we need a dark side. And so then they create Thanos. And then they're what? like, what superhero? I know you're, you're right. I'm just, yeah. now that we're on this point, what superhero team from DC did Marvel create the X Men based off of? Uh, none. No, there is there is a certain superhero team. I, I read this article. Really? Because yes, Stan a- Lee, I remember, created the X Men uh, because he was tired of coming up with new. Super like super power origins explanations for him. Yeah, yeah. No, I know about the origin aspect, but there was someone who accused Stanley of I coming up with his idea based off of a DC. I can't think of any superhero team. I mean, maybe Green Lanterns. No, okay. I, I that would I shouldn't Lantern... I shouldn't have brought it up because now it's one of those things we're just gonna have to let the listener be like, oh yeah, well you don't you're never gonna find this out. Yeah, I just I don't. <laughs> but I can't even. Imagine. No, I I was reading something online, and it was it was in one of those. Remember when when you and I uh, watched the Bob Kane Bill Finger yeah, 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 documentary? Yeah. It, it sparked my curiosity, and I went on YouTube and I looked at a lot of things involving Bob Kane. And someone was was like, "Well, Stan Lee was no better. He did this, that, and the third. And then I went through a couple of the of the posts, and one of the posts said, um, "Even the X Men were very, very loosely based off of a a, a then." current uh superhero team and i cannot remember the name of it but the person actually listed or the person actually named the title and a couple of the characters and i can't remember it's not justice society is it no because that's watchmen no it wasn't anything that's very common it's very it was, it was very obscure i actually I, I remember googling them and being like i've never heard of them before oh, but, okay but they're dc yeah i mean that would that isn't but X Men too far fetched because Stan. I mean, as great as Stanley was, like he told wonderful stories, but he wasn't the most original man. Like Steve, Steve Ditko created Spider Man, 
Um, and then Stanley took it further. I mean, Bob Kane was a fantastic artist. Yeah, it sucks that I mean, like we were, like I was saying uh, earlier today when I found the uh, Batman Volume One omnibus. Yeah, the, the, of the, the Golden, of the golden age. age. Yeah, and uh, I was like, man, his artwork is so good. Why was he such a dick? Yeah. True fact. Hashtag. Uh, so moving on, Ben Affleck says Justice League is an interesting product of two very different directors. Uh, I don't even know what this this statement is. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, interesting product of two of two different directors. Yeah, this sounds like a nice way of saying train wreck. Yes, that's how I feel about it. You put an icky thump song into a Justice League trailer, and I'll show you a train wreck. Uh, Snyder already did. <laughs> the, what's up? No, uh, but the problem here is that's what I'm saying. I knew it was a tra- I, I knew it was going to be a train wreck I, from the get go. I did too, but I feel like it's even further, and it's because Snyder directed everything. All the shots are Snyder, but Whedon, Joss Whedon, is doing the post production, so he's the one editing everything. So, now that I know that detail... It's two different directors. It could be not as bad as we think if it's in the hands of Joss Whedon. But it's still his it's st- shots. It still might be... And that trailer, last trailer, it did might not... It be weird. Into- oh, you didn't watch it, did you? But th- what's, that, what's that? The last trailer? No, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. The one that I ranted about? Yes. Oh my gosh. Cody. I didn't like that trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good. That's that's a Joss Whedon trailer. It's is that's, it but, but, but is footage. it really is it really the editing or is it more just the way you don't like Snyder's shots or you don't like the way his characters and his world looks? No, that's exactly. Yeah, it. so it's not it's not Whedon's editing. No, no, no. But I'm saying there's nothing Whedon can do to make me like this movie. That might be true, but I I guess what I'm saying is now that I know that Whedon's doing all the post-production stuff, I don't think it's going to be his editing or his post-production flying in the face of what Snyder did. He's probably going to do his damnedest to save it. Yes. What you're saying is that it's crap no matter what. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And Ben Affleck says it's an interesting product of two very different directors. Well, here's the deal, is that a Justice League movie shouldn't be interesting. It should be badass. And if you can't just say it's going to be awesome, uh, I don't don't know. I feel bad for Ben Affleck. Yeah, I do too. He got the role, his dream role, being Batman. He does it well. He does it well. And he's in a world that just blows. And then he's just in, like, cinema production hell. Just like everything about this. Yeah. It's I I kind of feel bad for him. I don't because he makes a million dollars, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Okay, so moving on to Sony again. Uh Sony says the Spider-Verse movie is never going to be made, which I am I applaud. I applaud you, Sony. Good job. You made a great decision. The Spider-Verse comic story arc was fine. And then it was bad. So I know that you just take that fine and you'd make it worse. So thank you for not choosing that decision. Okay. Uh, Then digital is overtaking print, which is, you know, standard. It's happening. Digital's taken over. It's happened. The funny thing is I still read physical. I I read print over digital 
hundred percent. Well, for specific <clears throat> things like books and comics, people still love to buy those things. Yeah. Um, and every other media, you name it, digital. It's digital. Yeah. I but mean, b- b- books, I don't. Most people I talk to have told me they prefer the book to the Kindle. Yeah. Uh, but there's still like audiobooks are becoming a, more of a thing. Digital, digital books have been a thing for digital a while. comic books are becoming huge. Yeah, I don't know. We just don't see it because we don't use it. I guess none of my friends who read comics uh, uh, rely on that mostly. James Olmstead does. He's been using. Uh, there's a thing called Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, I know about that. And so for he's Marvel. been using. He's been using that for most of his comic book reading. It's all digital stuff. Uh, but it's actually in Japan. That's the digital is overtaking print in Japanese manga. So, which is really interesting. Just because I know that they're really big on tradition and uh, just their physical print of everything. And they, they print a ton. Um, there's a lot of manga out there. But... Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, manga are still the Japanese comic books, so mm-hmm. it's always fun to talk about that. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Uh, but I, I like, <coughs> I like this idea that it's still a big thing here in the United States. Print. Yeah. Like we were just talking about. I mean, I know that digital is becoming more and more popular, but I. Th- you were right. There's a lot more people who just love the physical, especially when it comes to comic books. There's just something about reading the page. Well, yeah, un- unless it's something that you're reading just to get through real quickly. Anything you've got a, a sincere attachment to, yeah, and you want the art right there. To me, it, it's just obvious. It's like why, why, why wouldn't you? Unless it's unless it's a series you don't care about and you're just trying to, you know, scroll, like the scroll, scroll through. War. Yeah. <laughs> Is Which, that, is that how so, you felt about it? Yeah, I mean, well, so for any time that I am reading, like, a huge event, uh, I do use digital. Like, I go and find it, especially since it's going to be like, this comic will use, like, Strange Tales, number 42. And it's just like, I don't know where to find that. And so I have my digital copy that I can use. That I can find and read it. But, so, there are some that I... There are some things I do read digital for. It also just hurts my eyes after a while. Yeah, I agree. Whereas print, I can just blast through. Fun fact. So this was just a a funny little anecdote. I was talking with my brother, uh, and we were talking about bookmarks. And he he's like, oh, man, I, I need a f- I keep losing my bookmarks. And I asked him about one, which I knew he uses all the time. And he goes, oh, no, I keep that in my the current book I'm reading. I was like, well, what, are the, what do you use other bookmarks for? And he goes, oh, comic books. And I was like, why would you use a bookmark for a comic book? <laughs> and he goes, he, he goes, well, I don't want to ruin the comic book, so I don't want to, like, I want to use the bookmark. In my mind, though, it had no, it had nothing to do with, like, how do you keep your place I read trades so fast that it just had to. I I don't use bookmarks in my trades. I just remember because where I'm I, at with comics. If I if I do for some reason put it down, yeah. You know, but, but you, I you, you I never, read I read it in one sitting. Yeah, but if you if you uh, start reading something and then you have to go run an errand or do, or do something last minute, that happens to me sometimes. Oh, okay. 
I think I just remember where I am. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll, I'll just remember where I'm at. Yeah. If if something interrupts Cause, me. Yeah, because I just I don't have a bookmark for it. Because usually I'm done with that trade in, what, 10 to 20 minutes? But I mean, I don't know about 10, probably 20, 25. Yeah, depends on the trade. I can read the the Power Rangers trades are like super fast. Yeah, those are really quick quick reads. There's not much dialogue in them. Yeah. Those yeah, those are ten minute reads. Yeah. They're the exception though. I mean, Injustice took me close to forty minutes. Cause it it's a thicker book. That that's a really thick one, isn't yeah. it? And I would say there are I should read that. There I really are trades, like your Green Arrow and Green Lantern. I would probably use a bookmark for that. Yeah, that's a lot of issues. Yeah. And like he has Walking Dead come uh, compendiums, mm-hmm. and like I would use, I would use a bookmark for those. Green Green Lantern, Green Arrow looks like less than it actually is because there's less filler pages at the beginning and the yeah. ending than most have. So yeah. it, it really is just all the issues. They don't really throw in a lot of crap. Or, yeah. You know, like the art gallery thing that a lot of trades have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't really have much of that at all. It's just, it doesn't have like oh these were all the covers and variants. Yeah. No. At the end of every trade that usually is there. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, uh, this is interesting news. Uh, the creator of Hellboy says the current run of BPRD, which is the Bureau of Paranormal Research and, De- and Defense. Ooh, that was weird. Uh, is okay? going, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Is going to be the end of it all. He says he's going to be done with the series. Uh, if I remember correctly, hopefully I don't spoil this for people who are currently reading Hellboy. Um, I think Hellboy's dead. Uh, and so it's been following the Bureau after his death and everything. Um, so, I don't know, that's kind of cool. That the creator can just be like, I'm going to finish it, it's going to be over, it's going to be complete. Uh, which will be kind of satisfying. Sad. Hopefully he can move on to better things. I know he's doing the Hellboy movie. So, mm. um, yeah, I kind of wish the guy with Walking Dead would do that. Cause Kirkman, I think Robert Kirkman, because he, I think that's one of the reasons I don't keep reading Walking Dead is cause I'm just like, it's going to just keep happening. Like it's just going to keep going. I really like it when, I don't know. I like my indie stuff, my side stories to have complete full stories. And I like I I can go to Marvel and DC for the like the continuous ongoing characters, but I'd rather have with my other stories like a finite story. Yeah, I think the main reason why the superheroes and tights are the ongoing is because of tradition. Yeah, you just let it let it keep going. Yeah. Hey, Dalon, mm. my mom bought me this new video game. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> leather uh, belt, <laughs> four star, <laughs> four strength leather belt. <laughs> uh, hey, Dylan. No. Uh, this last week was Spider-Man's fifty-fifth birthday. August tenth, nineteen sixty-two was the first time that Spider-Man appeared in a comic. Uh, in Amazing uh, Fantasy, you say August tenth. August tenth. Uh, in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Created by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko was the original creator of Spider-Man, and then Stanley pretty much made him better. But 
kind of like the opposite of Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yes. Bob Kane had the name and a goofy ass little cape, and yeah. Bill Finger's like, let's make it look not like this at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, Spider Man's my favorite, so I kind of did a little dance. But who's your second favorite? Nightwing. Nightwing. Got there before you. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to do it for that. Yeah. Uh, do you know my third favorite? Your third favorite? Yeah. Between yeah. so th- those two, I know a lot of your faves. Yeah, I know. Current? Is yeah. It yeah. Hawkeye? No. I thought I thought the Hawkeye Hawkeye Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is a good run. But uh, Hawkeye's not like one of my favorite characters. I thought. I don't. I don't know why I went there because I. I talk about. The, I know you really liked the run. Yeah. Uh, who is it? It's Flash. That okay? Yeah. Wally yeah, West yeah, Flash. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. How did I overlook Wally West? Flash. I don't know. I talk about him a lot. Well, for some reason, Hawkeye popped in there because you. I just know you liked the Matt Fraction Hawkeye a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Mark Wade's Flash run is. Like, solid. I think if I were to actually get into the most classic Daredevil stuff, compounding and compiling that with the, how much I love the show, I think Daredevil would become one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and Punisher. And I, I do love the Punisher. Yeah. Um, I know your your number one's Batman. Batman's number one. You, uh, Wolverine. See, I... Okay, so I go back and forth on my number three and number two. So Wolverine and Superman? Yes. Okay. I figured that. Yeah, and then after that, it gets tougher. Yeah. Um, I used to say that I liked um, Green Lantern um, more than The Flash. However, I think what it is is the Green Lantern world is more fascinating. Yes. As a character, I like both Wally West and Barry Allen more than Hal Jordan. Yes. Um. So I guess I'd have to probably go um, Batman, Superman, Wolverine, and then I, w- I think I would go. Um, well, actually, you know, you know who I like more than either of them is Dick Grayson as Nightwing or Robin. Yeah, um, and this is great. Yeah, I think I think titles is different than actual favorite characters. I would I would have to go with Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Yeah. When I say Nightwing, I'm saying Dick Grayson. In general, yeah, just him. Yeah, he's a he is a better character than any of the other main um, superheroes. Like, like I, I get that they have their cool qualities, like their like yeah. their their suits, their vehicles, this and that. But Dick Grayson, in my opinion, is a better character. He's than, such a good character. He's just he's the best. There's the line in in Super or Superman <laughs> in Batman uh, Year Three where. He he says to Alfred, he's like, I just want to make sure that what happens to what, what happened to me never happens to anyone else ever again. And it's yeah. like, and he's just like a twelve year old kid, and you're like, yeah, he's <laughs> such a good person. It's like, oh my gosh. No, I love Nightwing. Like Dick Grayson. It's why I'm worried about the movie, like this movie that they keep talking about. It's like, I I don't want it to happen. I want I don't want Nightwing to be ruined. You don't want Nightwing to be Sonied? Yeah. Or WB'd. Yeah. I just, I don't want it. Just keep him pure. They already tried to ruin with Batgirl. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. In Batgirl, they did this whole thing where uh, the writer 
who has never read like anything with Dick Grayson in it at all. She's like, yeah, he's just kind of, you know, the sexy guy who shows up and you just have to fall for him, even though he's like a douchebag. And you're like, he's not. Dick Grayson is not a douchebag. It's like, he, he's the kindest person ever. Hal, like, jo- Hal Jordan's kind of a douchebag. He is. And I will agree with that. <laughs> I do like his character a lot. Yeah. He's the pompous, like, cocky, I have no fear. Like, I have, I'm strong-willed. I will. I can do this kind of character. And he has his moments where he's awesome. And he has his moments where he's kind of a dick. Yeah. But not Dick Grayson. All the... Ki- <laughs> All the, I mean, all, all the Carol Ferris stuff. I mean, how many times have they been on off? And it's like, really just because of him. Yeah, it's hundred percent of him. At the end of the day, I can't really find. I can't really find anything that I've read where it's. Oh yeah, definitely Carol. Yeah. Like no, it's like, Hal grow. It's all these Hal grow up. Yeah. Um. No, Dick Grayson is definitely not a douchebag. Yeah. He's. They even have in an this, awesome person, an awesome character. They even have in this. There was a l- latest issue of Nightwing. I think it was like number twenty-five, and he's with this girl named Sean, like Sean Sung, I think is her name, and Shang Sung. Yeah, and she, her, she's like an ex-villain, but her, she wasn't really a villain. She was called the Defacer, and she would just go around like spray painting random art like she'd deface art mm-hmm. uh and so they were together and he was doing nightwing stuff and pretty much almost died blah blah he comes back and she's like we're done like i can't handle this anymore and i think he like said something about how she she's changed too much or something like that and right before he left and so he came back and he, he even gives us like whole heartfelt moment about how he puts so much expectation on his shoulders that he thinks he portrays that expe- expectation onto other people uh, and that he wants to work on that. And it's just like, yes, this is Dick Grayson who sees his fault and wants to work it out. Like, that's the beauty of Dick Grayson. He's not the perfect person, but anytime that he does make a mistake that he's willing to figure out how to work through that mistake and be better than it. Yes. And that's why he's my favorite. Uh, Wonder Woman number 34 will be her seventh, 700th solo title issue, which is pretty cool. That wow. says, uh, I think Spider-Man has way more than that. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man, when he died, was number 700. So that was like 20, no, that was like 50 issues ago. Well, so it's kind of cool. I think it's the, she's the single-handedly the most, uh, the female with the most solo titles. That sounds about right. Yeah. I think so. It's just cool that Wonder Woman has, even not in, even though not in the movies, in the comics, Wonder Woman has been right there with... Batman and Superman mm-hmm. like they are called the Trinity for a reason mm-hmm. like she's been right next to them who would you say is the Marvel Trinity if there was uh, one do you think Marvel really has one Marvel doesn't have a Trinity and and that's the beauty of it uh, well, honestly those three characters are more well known besides I would say besides Spider-Man yeah 
more well known than any Marvel characters. I would yes. say. Spider Man, I think. Uh, he, I it's it's Superman is number one. He's the most he's the most well known. He's the most well known. Batman, I think, is number two. I'd say he's the most liked. Yes. Uh, Spider Man is up there. If I remember correctly, Spider Man has Spider Man as a whole has sold almost as much as Batman in like just dollar amount over mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm trying to think. But I think I think it's that Superman, Batman, Spider Man. And then I and then I wanna say after that's hard. I think Wonder Woman would be the next, but after that it gets you get into more of the smaller characters and it starts breaking down. Mm-hmm. And then and then it becomes more about teams. Um Yeah, I feel you know what I feel like would be up there? Um, just because of how popular it was in its first couple decades as Fantastic Four. Yes. Definitely uh, up so there. So Fantastic Four would probably probably be the Trinity. Well, I think people forget, especially people who are as young as we are, because we, we we didn't get to see Fantastic Four when they were truly in their heyday, no. is the Fantastic Four was a phenomenon when it came out. Yes. Uh, when the Fantastic Four came out, it was like Fantastic Four were in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, every... Every hero had a team up at some point with the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And the Fantastic Four were part of every Marvel event. Um, they were huge, 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 huge. They were huge until really, like, like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, uh, Secret Wars that just happened, um, that was a Fantastic Four story. Um, it was really all in part of that. Because the original Secret Wars that happened in the 70s was was also a Fantastic Four kind of story. <coughs> but, no, they, they've they been a huge part of Marvel. And so it it is, it's the reason why it's sad that they're not, their stuff doesn't sell as well anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're a huge part. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think X-Men would be up there too. It's very, yeah. very, very popular. Definitely. Um, That's why they were able to keep them. Yeah. I don't, the I'm, weird thing is being after the, those. I don't know who, but I feel like those would have to be the ne- the next. Uh, really, level. the the ones that you, if someone asked, what were the back in the nineties, what were the Marvel's most popular characters? Look at the movie rights. Yeah, the ones that Marvel don't have, uh, the ones that Marvel doesn't have, uh, are the the most famous. So X Men. Spider-Man. X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were Interesting. Their, those were their top ones, and those were the ones hadn't, that they had yeah, to I sell thought about that. Uh, to keep from going into bankruptcy, actually. Hmm. Um, and that still kind of didn't help. They were about to go into bankruptcy when Disney bought them um, and pretty much saved them from that. Uh, let's see. I would say that. And then Namor. Namor's another character. Uh, Fox actually owns Namor. So that's why Namor has not been in. Oh man, if there was a Namor movie, oh, that would be so cool, with his arrogant ass. Yeah, <laughs> who sleeps with anyone? Cool looking character though. That statue that I like is dope. No, he's a. The only thing is his weird little wings on his feet. Those are cute. <laughs> Kidding. I, I honestly, him. offhand, I can't even recall what they look like. They're, they look like the Captain America wings that he, Captain America has on his helmet, on his feet. Like they're just on his ankles, and it's. I think it's to say, like, to help him fly. <coughs> I don't know. It's weird. 
so this is actually kind of sad news. Um, this happened over the weekend. Um, there was a stunt woman uh, for Deadpool 2. Uh, she was a motorcycle stunt woman, and something happened wrong with the motorcycle, uh, and she actually passed away on the set. She died um, doing a stunt. So I I think that put a, a halt on production for a little bit mm-hmm. um, as they try to figure out what happened. Uh, but no, so it is sad. That just sounds like a terrible issue for everyone on the set. To yeah, I just too. emotionally and financially, yeah, and everything. Just trying to figure out. Like, I don't know if I would want to be shooting a movie for a while. Yeah, I'm. I know you have to be pro- not financially, logis- logistically, logistically, and like you have to find another stunt person that yeah. can do it well as well. No, it it's just sad all around, and so hopefully. We're just thoughts are going out to our family, um, everyone involved. Yeah, it just kind of is really sad when that kind of stuff happens. Um, then Joel McHale, who is the one of the leading characters in the show Community, he's also, I think he does the soup. I think that was what it was called. Something I don't know. It was like a comedy TV show. He was a host. Was that guy in uh, Ted? Yes, he was the. Oh my gosh, he was the douchey boyfriend. He is so well, not the douchey, not the boyfriend, the douchey dude trying to come on yes. to Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and my my favorite part in the whole movie, besides the creepy Giovanni Ribisi moments, yeah, is the part where Mark Wahlberg shows up to his doorstep and he goes, "Hey, squirt." <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't not explode when when he yeah. he's just such a pompous jerk. No, no he is. Uh, and that's the kind of character he plays, but he is going to be in a, so he's in the talks to join the Russo brothers who are currently doing the Marvel movies. So I think they're going to go back to TV after, uh, Infinity War. They're going to do a TV show based on the Valiant comic, uh, Quantum and Woody, which is apparently cool, apparently fun. It's on the list of Valiant, like if you're going to read Valiant, which I'm going to start actually. Hopefully I can get around to that. Uh, it's on the list that it's a must read. Uh, created by Priest, who also did uh, the first like real run of Black Panther. I was going to try and make a Quantum Leap Woody Allen joke, and it wasn't going to work at all. Fun fact, uh, one of the characters is based off of Woody Harrelson, actually. Woody Harrelson. Yes. Different actor. Different actor, but same. A cooler guy. Yeah. Definitely hasn't had as many issues with... Marrying his daughter? Well, the, the okay, we really need to get off this topic quick. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, there, there was more to it than that. It wasn't just marrying- It's Mary- like stepdaughter, right? Well, there was like, there were rape charges. Yeah. Let's get off this topic right now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Woody that's, Allen- That's why I didn't make the joke. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. It wasn't going to make sense either, <laughs> but I just, I don't know why. I still brought up Woody Allen when I said I wasn't going to. You, you did it. Uh- I do want to see Annie Hall, though. I've heard it's good. I hear When Harry Met Sally is very derivative of it, but I love When Harry Met Sally. New, okay, new topic. I suck. Uh, villains for Captain Marvel. This is the whatever podcast, Cody. You know, we can talk about I whatever. I don't want to talk about Woody <laughs> Allen right now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, villains for Captain Marvel. This is the topic I was talking about when you said, we don't need to hear updates about these Marvel movies. 
Uh, oh, when you say Captain Marvel, you don't mean Shazam? I don't mean Shazam. And the funny thing you say that is... We never will hear the, him referred the, to as Captain Marvel No, again. it's going to be Shazam. I know, I, I've know. i known that for a long time. Yeah, especially with movies now. Yeah. Yeah, it's never. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Which is weird. I just don't understand. Like, how is he supposed to refer to himself to people? Hi, I am... Uh, uh, if he says his name... He turns into Billy Batson. Or he can use his name to strike people with lightning. Yeah. Depends can on... Can he just say his name without changing? It depends. He said his name, like, in in the video games, they've had him hold people in, like, a full Nelson, and he's like, Shazam! Yeah. And he strikes them with lightning. Yeah. He he is... That's a pretty vicious... Black Adam does the same thing. That is a vicious attack. He yeah. He... Okay, some of my favorite fights are in comics and and uh, and video game. Uh, what am I thinking? What what are, what are those called? Um, screen the the cuts where it's a, a cutscene mm-hmm. in video video game cutscenes where he's like roughing up uh, Superman. And I love Superman, but it's so cool to see Shazam beat him up because there aren't many superheroes who can beat Superman up like Shazam no. can. Yeah, he can really beat him up. Yeah, because of, of the magic. And pretty much equal level strength. Yes. For those that do not know, Superman has two weaknesses, kryptonite and magic. Um, Magic, for some reason. Um, It's because it's not physical based. Right. um, So with with Superman, in Kingdom Come, I believe he cuts his finger on uh, one of Diana's swords. He he, he runs his finger along it, Mm -hmm. on the line, and, and she says it was blessed it's it was was blessed with magic, so yeah. don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, because it'll cut you like anything else will cut anyone. Uh, so the villains for Captain Marvel are going to be the scrolls, which should be interesting. I don't know. It's still set in the 1990s. Why not the Kree scroll wars? Yeah, so we have the Kree, and we're going to have the scroll. Cody. Now we just need a war. Crease and it's a crease scroll war, <laughs> but no, that was a really boring event. I really don't want to go through that again. Please, nothing tell happened. Us. Nothing happened. I've told. <clears throat> I've. I mean, we've talked about this. I know. No, nothing happened by the end of it. The Cree did not fight the scroll. The scroll did not fight the Cree. It was one team of superheroes yeah, fighting it was the, the Marvel. It was basically the Marvel superheroes fighting both of them. Yeah, but kind of. It was like. One side escaping from one of them, and the other side fighting the other side. It was oh, it was dumb. That sounds like... Yeah. It, I was very disappointed, because when I heard Kree Scroll War, I was like, just, oh, this is going to be awesome. Just, I read like 120, maybe 150 different single issues of comics. It was great. No, it wasn't. Uh, and you saw, you remember me afterwards. I was so drained. Like, yeah. I didn't read comics for, like, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. I read them every day. <laughs> uh, it's also set in 1990, which, again, with what you were saying, uh, we we thought there was a moment where Iron Man was the first, like, big superhero, so then what's with this Captain Marvel character? I don't know. Uh, Samuel Jackson's going to be in it de-aged with two eyes. He's going to be Nick Fury. I don't know. Nick Fury, if that is your real name. It's Nick Fury. Elvis Costello, uh, if that is your real name. There's going to be a Gotham City Sirens movie. Wee! Do you know who those are? 
I know it's a title. I have never actually read it, so it's, I don't uh, know enough about them. It's Harley Quinn, uh, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. I knew it was par- partly comprised of Batman's female rogues gallery. Yes. So it's going so to be- So it's mostly right. I don't really consider Catwoman part of- You said it's Catwoman? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't really consider him, her a, a true rogue, but yeah, she is She is a villain. She, she is, was much more of a villain back in the day. Correct. Uh, the movie's going to be directed by David Ayer. Do you know who that is? Same person that did Suicide Squad. Uh. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be written by Paul Dini, who is the uh, original creator of Gotham City Sirens. So hopefully it's written well. But uh. it it is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So, um... It's the guy in the project who's part of, uh, who who was part of Suicide Squad. It's him directing it. Yeah, it's the same director of Suicide Squad as the director of this one. But the directing was what was terrible about Suicide Squad so, more than more than anything else. So interesting fact about Suicide Squad. Or am Suicide I wrong? Squad, am I wrong? Uh, you're kind of right. Is it was it wasn't directed that great, but it a lot of it had to do with the editing. And the editing was done by the same team that did the trailers. Because pretty much what happened is WB saw the response from the original trailers. I guess, I guess it is more the editing that I thought was really yeah. slapdash. And, I mean, the directing is, and the writing is bad. Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But the editing, yeah, was the people who did the trailers, WB went, Oh, everyone liked the trailers, so we're just going to take this team and we're going to make them do the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's my WB executive voice. <laughs> and that's what happened. So that's Oh, why- well, they liked the trailers. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, yeah, that's why it was bad. Yeah. Blame WB. I'm going to blame WB for everything, especially now since Jeff Johns is in, is in the reins. So it's like, it's not the movies. It's not DC. It's you, WB. You're, you're terrible. Um, new Vertigo series, which is W... Uh, not WB. It's DC's kind of like horror they're, off-brand. It's more edgy, right? Yeah, it's their edge stuff. Is it, is it their max? Uh, I mean, yeah. I would say I would say it's even more than their... Like, it's more than what max is. Because mm, okay. max still has its limits. Vertigo is like, you can do whatever you want. Uh, it's going to be a new uh, series created by Tim Seeley, uh, who is the current writer of Nightwing, um, and it's going to be called Imaginary Fiends, which is kind of, it's going to be a ser- a horror series based off of like the imaginary monsters, kind of like the Boogeyman and stuff like that, uh, so that should be fun. Uh, and then this, which is kind of a bombshell spoiler so, for those who are trying to keep up on DC Comics in general, uh, and you don't want anything spoiled for this next big event, which is DC Knights Metal, uh, just, you know, turn off your ears for a little bit. Uh, so, they just revealed that Dream from Sandman uh, is actually going to show up in DC Knights Metal. And Scott Snyder, yes, Scott Snyder, uh, got the blessing from Neil Gaiman. He actually called him up and like took him through what's going to happen with his, his character. 
uh, and got Neil Gaiman's blessing to have his character appear, which is the first, I don't think it's his first appearance, but it's his first appearance in a long time that a Sandman character has shown up in the actual DC universe. I know that Constantine has shown up in Sandman, the Sandman universe, a couple of times. But this is our first time with this. Um, so that should be pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Uh, and for those who do not know, the DC Knights Metal is pretty much Batman has discovered the Dark Universe. And there are... There's a legion of evil Batman, apparently. Like, that are kind of like demon knights uh and who are coming to attack the 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 light universe in a sense and there's a metal called the ninth metal and that is the metal that apparently will be used to stop them and that's why it's called metal but it looks pretty cool i've seen a lot of images i've read the prelude they have reintroduced captain marvel or shazam into the story Mm -hmm. um they had his, there was a dagger and his symbol was on the dagger. Uh, so he's going to come back at some point. Because he, ha- he hasn't been anywhere in Rebirth at all. Hmm. They have not even showed him at all. So, uh, yeah. So that's it for news. So we do have a couple of topics. It's the whatever kind of day. Uh, so Cody, <clears throat> you saw uh, a movie. On my birthday, I saw the Dark Tower movie. Yep. And I, met, I touched on it briefly last uh podcast so i don't really need to intro you know go into much yeah. introduction but um so i saw it i didn't uh, hate it the way a lot of people seem to yeah. but i also um i didn't i didn't love it and i also didn't even want to say that i liked it cuz there were a lot of things that were left out um one thing that i want to clear up is people bitching about uh Idris Elba as Roland Deschain, he has nothing to do with why the movie doesn't work. He does a great job playing Roland. He has some of the same facial expressions, and he does that deadpan, the deadpan Stonewall look that um, that uh, Roland is described as having in the books. He does that very well. What's wrong with the books is they don't really. The movie. Ha- Yeah, what's wrong with the movie and what it doesn't get that the books do is Roland's vernacular is very similar to someone who lives in our world. Yeah, Um, he has there's he has his own lingo. He's from he's from this place called Midworld, which is a a different dimension. And um, the Dark Tower movie got a lot of little things uh, right, but. um, In the seventh book, they have what are called breakers, and that are these that's these. Telekinetic uh, and some telepathic uh, people who uh, the Crimson King and his and his uh, men are utilizing to destroy the tower. Okay. Because the only way the tower tower can really be destroyed is is telekinetically. What fi- happens when the tower is destroyed? By the way, if what happened, what would happen? Yeah. So hell would essentially be unleashed. Okay. Um, okay. In not in the way, not in a way where it's like, oh, there'd be goblins running up and down the streets. Um, the world would, would be set in sent into what would be referred to as toe dash darkness. Okay. Toe dash is a term used in the Dark Tower universe when someone is traveling through an alternate an alternate dimension. Okay. But they're not really in either world. Okay, they're so kinda, it's like the, they're kind of the in limbo in between. We would be stuck in that constantly, and okay. and we would be seeing these demons and beasts and 
it would just be complete and utter darkness. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, the movie showed the breaking differently than the breaking works. So how it works is there is this place called the Devartoi, okay. which, which oh gosh, this is, by the way, these are a lot of spoilers. If you're ever playing a read in the Dark Tower, I'm just letting everyone know right now that I'm going to spoil stuff. It's fine. Okay. I, I didn't say spoilers first, but you were kind of, you are kind of warned. <laughs> Let's yeah, see. I mean, we said we're going to talk about the Dark Tower. So. Yeah, okay. So, basically, there's this place, and it's almost like a prison camp, except for the prison camp, or the, the prisoners are treated well. They're valued for their telekinetic ability. Um, okay. But they are they are prisoners. They were taken for, from Earthside, as they refer okay. to it. And um, what they would do is put them in this place where they felt inspired to break, because they could, they could actually reach out with their minds and feel the tower crumbling and they got a sense of self-worth and like they were actually completing a task they got a sense of uh what's the word i'm looking for satisfaction satisfaction like they, it was re- it was rewarding for them to break the okay. what, they, what they were breaking was the beams these intangible beams that are it's really more of a spiritual concept and okay. that's and that's why the telekinetic ability is is needed yeah what's weird is if if it's telekinetic, then the way that um, the man in black has the breakers breaking, another side note, the man in black has nothing to do with the breaking aspect of the Crimson King's doings. In the original. In, 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 in the books, yeah. I get that this is a sequel and things can be done differently, but the man in black is very much about his own shenanigans. He's okay. He does what the, king, what the king wants him to do, but he also goes off and does his other thing. In this story, was the Crimson King mentioned at all? Um, they, I believe, there is words written on the wall in the mansion in uh, Dutch Hill, Brooklyn, which is where Jake goes to tr- to travel into uh, the the midworld dimension. Um, on the wall, I believe, written in what looks like blood, um, there's something that says "All hail the Crimson King," and I believe it's also in um, uh, the. Midworld side, I I, I want to say in uh, this place called the Dixie Pig, which is um, a whole another thing. But anyways, if if they're using telekinetic ability, it doesn't make sense the way they show breaking in the movie, which is he hooks them up to a machine and this beam is physically busting the tower. In the book, they are using their minds to pull it apart to, to break the beams yeah. which hold the tower yeah support beams yes yeah. so so um it really doesn't make any sense the way they're doing it i thought it was kind of neat when i when i saw it like i was kind of yeah. blo- i was kind of blown away cuz it looked visually spectacular okay the movie looks good um i could have i could have overlooked that however it was only an hour and a half and even though i like the idea that, that it seems really short that it's all killer no filler there's no real time to let anything sit not to let living sit but to let things just grow that's how i felt about the yeah. um the what was it ender's game movie yeah so i felt exactly that's exactly how i felt it's were you entertained when you watched it no Okay, so I, so okay, so visually, I've, well, there is a lot going on in the dark tower. I would tower. say, I would say, visually, yes. Like I, I, <laughs> the visuals are kind of the same thing, uh, and being able to see for those, this is going to be Ender Game story uh, spoilers. Uh, I enjoyed the the game that they played, the the war games they played. 
that was cool to see. Yeah. But the things that they got wrong irked me more. Uh, and there wasn't anything, like, specific that they got wrong. It was just, like, I was disappointed by the way they went with some things. Gotcha. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of... A, a big thing for me is it doesn't look the way the the, the books make a lot of it look. And yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it. The one thing they got right, and I can't believe this, because in my mind this would have been one of the hardest things to get right, is... Um, the people who work for the Crimson King and the man and the man in black, uh, there's two races. There are the low men mm-hmm. who are also referred to as Cantoy, and they are in the movies they're called fake skins, and they okay. are people um, who look very gruesome and disgusting underneath fake skin, and okay. you can see this like seam on the, these seams on their necks. You can see them fidget, and you can see like their real face like moving underneath the face okay. it's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous um how they they describe it in the books i was so grossed out and then you see it in the movies and it looks really good yeah and then there's these other creatures called uh tahin or tahin as he says in the movie and they have animal beast type faces okay and some of them are also requested in the presence of the man in black to cover their faces with human faces okay and um Similar to in the in the um, in the books in the movie, it's never really explained what uh, the Man in Black is. He's a sorcerer, but we don't really know if he is a ghoul, if he's human. We don't really know anything. He he remains an enigma, which yeah. is kind of which is kind of the strong suit of the character. It's kind of like how in Batman, you don't really know Joker's origin story. Yeah, it's kind of the the enigmatic quality is what draws you to him. Um, on the topic of him, I want to say Matthew McConaughey did a great job. Nothing Nothing here had anything to do with how the movie uh, looked. I thought it looked it looked pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't look exactly as the books described it, but I could have dealt with that if the dialogue and the vernacular of Roland's character and the way the breaking of the tower was done and things like that, if, if that had been done more the way the books just said they were done, yeah, that would have been better. I don't need to see Roland um, in a western suit. It would have been a lot cooler. Yeah, but it that wasn't what ruined the movie. Yeah, that wasn't it. Did he have a? Did he have like a, a southern accent? No. Interesting. Nope. Okay. None of that. No. Um. Th- it was just Idris Elba being badass is, and cool, but. I don't know. I I wanted, I wanted to hate it, but I couldn't hate it. But I also don't love it, and yeah. I'm just kind of stuck in this really listless in between place where you I'm, don't regret your time. No, but you didn't as, really enjoy your time. Yeah, as a Dark Tower fan, of course I wanted to see it, and there were some yeah. cool. There were some cool moments where I smiled over at my friend, and I was like, "Dude, that they just put that in there. That was pretty cool." Yeah, but. All, all it made me want to do was go back and reread parts of the books, because that's how uh, Ender, Ender's Game was it, for me. It's just I just I just wanted to feel that dark towerness, yeah, that wasn't present in so many parts of the movie. And the movie Hollywooded it up the way he the way he loaded his guns. I thought it looked <laughs> it, it, so well. Well, no, no, no. That's in the books. Oh, the, 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 the when he's like, when not he's like, not when he's he, like, 
flipping now, his his belt. Not so when when he throws up the uh, oops oh the, the the cylinders and catches yeah. them. So when I saw the trailer, I was under the impression like it would look different in the actual movie. Yeah. Too much of the shots in the trailer were the actual shots and angles and and and, sh- and shooting speeds in the movie. Ooh. Like the 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 scene where you see him slide, yeah, um, and and shoot the glass and all that. Um, usually in trailers they will sh- they will show you things out of sequence. So yeah. when you see the movie, it's a little bit different. There's a, there's yeah. some surprise. It was just too much of the same kind same of movie. rehash thing. There was one amazing scene, and I thought it was super cool. Leading up to his standoff with the Man in Black, where Roland just destroys uh, probably two hundred. Uh, Tahin and and Kantoy and it's glorious because yeah. his accuracy and, and the shooting and the sounds of the of the guns was so good. No, the reloading part I was talking about wasn't like the fast finger thing. Yeah, no, that that's that's cool. It's the uh, like he has his belt of bullets. And it was like the the he like it looks like he's just like you know. Yeah. Well, you, you know, and you know the scene where he tosses the cylinders and catches them in the air? Yeah. Like, that was actually done in slow motion in the movie. Oh. And I was just like, what? It would have been cool to see it in, like, just fast-paced. Just like, Whoosh. See, yeah, if he, yeah. if he had just done that, that would have been neat. But all of that was in the trailer. It was shot the ex- exact yeah, same way I'm telling the movie. you. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so, so that, that's so the way that I would feel. be your final verdict. Uh, you didn't hate it. You don't regret your time. But you didn't fully enjoy it either. I don't ever see myself going back to rewatch it. Okay. Um, I, I'm not nauseated by the thought, but I just don't have any desire to. Would you say? Would you tell someone who didn't really have an interest to see it in the first place? Would you recommend them to see it? Some people, I think, I'd I'd say, hey, watch this movie and tell me what you think of this movie as someone who's not familiar with it at all. Okay. Well, um, actually, Chris, you saw it, right? I did see it. And uh, what would what would you say? Just a quick quick verb, <sighs> like quick little thing. Uh, I felt like the movie either was in a hurry to get somewhere, or just didn't go anywhere at all, or both. Like it was in a hurry to get somewhere, but it didn't really get anywhere for me. Okay. Yeah, I really like Idris Elba, and Matthew McConaughey's great, um, but I wasn't really blown away in any. They don't give the viewer much of a reason to understand why Roland has to see the tower, and in this version, his really only uh, desire was to exact vengeance uh, on the man in black. And if you okay. read, if you read the books, you understand that. But to so, that, that okay, so now that I know that you have seen the movie. You haven't read the books, right? I have not. Yeah. Okay, so I saw it and I knew that anyone who hadn't read the books, they wouldn't be confused when the movie was starting out, but there would be th- there'd be details along the way that either you wouldn't get or you just wouldn't like. Um the significance of the kids breaking the tower is it would just totally it, it, from my perspective, I think it would totally go over a new viewer's head because you don't get to that part of the Dark Tower until the seventh book, and which is the last book. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the, it's the last book, and it's just it's just such a travesty to me that you you it was your first the first thing you said is the right thing. It was in a hurry to go some. It was in a hurry to have Roland kill the Man in Black. 
because uh, he does not get to kill him in the books. He, uh, the Man in Black, is killed by another villain, um, and I think they made it too much about Roland's vengeance and not enough about why he has to see the tower. Um, the because the tower, it is true that if the tower gets destroyed, then hell will be unleashed. But when you have seven books, you learn a lot of things, and you learn, oh my gosh, this is really what every single like our our world every every version of our world and all these all these alternate dimensions really mm-hmm. does hang on by the thread that is the dark tower so they took seven books and tried to condense it down to an hour 30 well it is a well essentially a lot of the a lot of the concepts and ideas yes it is a sequel which to me is funny what do you the, mean? What's the sequel? The it's dark, a sequel to the books. The Dark Tower movie is a sequel to the books. Oh. So what Roland ends up finding out, well, actually, his mind is basically erased before he is able to find out. He has been on his quest to the tower for hun- hundreds of times. Um, every time he gets to the top of the tower, he's back in the desert looking for the man in black again. Weird. Um... And the, there's more significance in that if you've actually read the story, because you meet all these characters and you get attached to them, and you end up finding out that each time uh, they die, something you know tragic happens. But each time he's also closer to perfecting the journey. Um, this time he killed the man in black, and he and he stopped the tower from being destroyed. Well, he 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 stops the tower from being destroyed in in the last book. But I guess I don't I don't really see what the movie was trying to do with how fast they rushed it. It was, it was just so rushed. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the viewer doesn't get a chance to understand the significance of the tower. There's one scene where Roland says the tower protects both our worlds, and and here's the beam, and here's the the path of the turtle, way of the bear, and you're not gonna get any of that without reading the books. Yeah. And I couldn't. Oh my gosh. There, the, the the third book, which spends a lot of time explaining the lore, mm-hmm. is like five hundred pages, and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. Like the more I think about it, the more I actually probably dislike this movie. Yeah, like straight up dislike it, just because yeah. But um, I was entertained by certain things. I thought I liked the shooting and I liked the way the Cantoy and the Tahine looked. Um, I'm done. Okay, so what time is it? I don't know. Uh, my phone's about to die. I need to read this. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, so with a lot of stuff happening, uh, I came across this little ex excerpt from Stanley, and it's actually very on topic with what's happening in this day and age. Uh, but this was back in 1968 that he wrote this. Um, so this is uh, some little thing that he wrote, which is cool. Uh, so it says, Let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they cannot be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious <coughs> evils that they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately if his hang-up is a black man he hates all black men if a redhead once offended him he hates all redheads if some foreigner beats 
beat him to a job. He's down on all foreigners. He hates people he's never seen. He's people he's never known with equal intensity, with equal venom. Now, we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human to be bugged by another, but all, although anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. Sooner or later, if, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance, for then and then, only then, will we truly be worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. Uh, and then it says Stan. That's beautiful. Yeah, and so here are some of the things that happened in 1968, actually, which is crazy that because he had to say this it seemed like 1968 was just on fire uh so it was the year that martin luther king was assassinated um there was uh the first time that star trek had first interracial kiss on tv it's right yeah uh, that was that year uh Olympic medalists Tommy Smith and John Carlos raised their fists on the podium in October. I think it was Black Power stuff. Uh, and so, just those few things. I mean, the first one, MLK's assassination, is huge. Um, and so that would have been... I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Um, right. Especially with what's going on in this, in this world. So, it's just... It's a cool read from Stanley. I don't want to get really into any of that i just wanted to read that so for people who it would give encouragement um that would give the encouragement uh in the sense that we sh- it's it's all about loving each other um and the person that's going to have that hatred for one person is going to have that hatred for all um yes. if it's based off of something that they are instead of something they're doing right um and and i will say this and i'm going to get I'm probably going to get hate at some point if I run across someone who disagrees with me. But I think that the the word racist or bigot is is thrown around pretty liberally nowadays. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are. There, like, there, there legitimately are, are racists. There are. Ab- absolutely. But um, I, I think people don't look before they leap. At like, oh, oh, this there's there's ra- there's racist. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um incentive behind that like it, it, yeah like you're not looking deeply enough that's totally right it's like well it's like no it's it should be plain to the eye yeah when it's like like you're like he was talking about someone who hates foreigners it's it's like a blanket thing they hate people they haven't met yes it's a it's a different thing than just saying disliking you, a person you, for who, you just like one for person what they're doing and and then someone else a third party says oh i bet you it's because of this yeah I bet you it's just because they're foreigner. Well, it's like, no, yeah. that's not what I said. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just, that's a little thing I want to talk about. But just final uh, final topic for the day. Cody, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time. So it used to be Batman 1989. I think I've just seen it too many times to call that my very favorite movie. But okay. I, th- I think I'm going to say the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Um, which I think I mentioned that before on, on the podcast that it is one of my favorite things ever. But if we go outside of science fiction, fantasy, like nerd type films, there's so much that I like. I think, man, 
it's it's just really tough. I I do really really enjoy Spielberg, um, a lot mm-hmm. of his stuff, but, uh, man, Jurassic Park, Jaws is just one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I love that one. For me, uh, outside of nerd stuff, because I mean my favorite's going to be Lord of the Rings, um, Hot Rod. Hot Rod's great. I love. I love that movie so much. It's so quotable and so hilarious. Yeah. I also, you know what? I mean, we, we watched this movie recently, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, that's that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. I love uh, and then my other two are uh, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, and uh, John Wick. Those are, those are good. Um, which wait. are both recent, by the way. Yes. And Batman Begins. Uh, I think I really have to throw La La Land up there. I just, yeah. for what it is, um, there, very few musicals have actually had a story that's moved me mm-hmm. and had a main a main male protagonist that I really related to. And I just, I love Ryan Gosling's acting in that movie and I love the he's character. He's the best part of that movie. He's amazing. He's yeah. I And maybe it's just because he's so damn relatable to me, but I, I see myself in that character. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> You know, in a like way, every aspect—it's kind of weird. In a way that I've never seen, like his jumpiness, his quirkiness. The, yeah, the when the like when he jumps at things that just like appear. Yeah, it's like that's that's Cody. <laughs> that is Cody right there. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I it's just it's a magical movie. And then other movies that I like, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Dick Tracy. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like I said, I like a lot of Spielberg stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was a little kid, I loved war movies. Surprisingly, I, Saving Private Ryan was actually one of my favorite movies. You when watched I was it as a kid, I watched that when it came out. I think I was like eleven. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. I was deeply moved by it. <laughs> I and I thought the uh, the the vintage era of war and and the style of the clothes and the uh, machine guns and the vehicles were so interesting and so yeah. so neat. Um, well, when I was a kid, it was Rocketeer. I love the Rocketeer. We watched yeah. that. Like, I know not, we just not even a year ago. That. Yeah. So or was it a year ago? I think it was last year. Was it for, was it for my last birthday? It was. Yeah. Was, so that was a year ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Um. Sorry for the loud. It was. No, no, that's totally fine. I um, but yeah, the movies. I, I don't know if I have a a hard and fast like number it's, one. It's Lord of the Rings for me, but it's Star Wars for you. Well, there again though, it's the three. I don't actually know that I can. I always say, oh, this is my favorite. Oh, the, oh, that's my favorite. But yeah. I, it changes. It. I mean, it's easier for me because the Lord of the Rings trilogy is essentially one movie. It's one story. Yeah. Well, like. The like the <laughs> book. If you look at the books, it's just called the Lord. Of, it's just called the Lord of the Rings, and then it's like the chapters are the books, right? Um, and so it's the same kind of thing. The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Um, so the the movies are the same way. They shot the movies all at the same time, um, in one giant sequence. Yeah. Uh. So, I don't know. I love those movies. They're pretty great. Spider Man Two was up there. Uh, I'm trying to think what else would actually Winter make. Soldier. <laughs> I, I know, that. I, I know you love that movie. one. Um, Braveheart. Braveheart. Ooh, oh, yeah. that's, that's Chris's. It's a good one. Free. All time fame. They may take our lives, but they will never take 
Oh, freedom! Freedom! <laughs> uh, classic. Mel Gibson is a really fantastic actor. And director. And director. Yeah. I recently watched uh, Signs, and he did not write that. No. M. Night, Shyamal- M. Night Shyamalan did. Yes. But Mel Gibson has some very, very good line delivery in that there's one part where he's talking to Joaquin Phoenix, and it's very quiet and very dark, and there's this line where he says, is it possible that there are no coincidences? And <laughs> the tension in the room is so thick you could cut it with a oh, knife. Man. That movie was the scariest movie until the very end for me. Until what? The very end. Oh, yeah. When you actually see the alien. Well, even when you see the alien, you're like, oh, crap. Like, he has the kid. And then he hits them with the water, and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) You're like, water is their weakness? How do they move around? Oh, that was the deal breaker for you? (laughs) Yeah. Are you familiar? There's moisture in our atmosphere. Yeah, I know, but it might be like, you know, direct direct contact with it. I don't know. I just found it weird. I was just like, well, there's water everywhere. In we the, just have to it spit was tr- on them? So it was trying to draw from more of the worlds where their weakness was bacteria. Was, was bacteria, which made more sense because they didn't get out of their ship. Uh, like as soon as they got out of the ship, that's it. they got affected. In are more, we really in discussing the, the degree to which they're exposed to... To moisture and and I mean I don't There's know. There's water in our atmosphere. Well, yeah, I know, but it's not like it's that isn't the same thing as as water touching your skin. If there's a, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna try and argue the science behind it, but I mean, it's not the same thing. I don't know. I thought it was weak. Weak. Also, our planet's like what seventy percent water. But they didn't come for the planet. They came for us. Yeah, but we're like 70% water. We just have spit on them. But they didn't know what we were. We just spit on them. Well, I think the whole point was that she, the little girl, had an aversion to tap water. Like, like it was like, so she had all these glasses of she water. She had glasses everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I mean. I understood the glasses everywhere. Well, so I think what it was trying, it was trying to talk about the idea that, that you know, faith and someone watching out for us and you know all all those concepts uh-huh. coming into play. Uh-huh. So, I think it's mo- it's more of it's more about the message in this case than it is the reason why the aliens are vulnerable to something. I was paying more attention to to that part than I was like is water a good enough reason for them to die? Yeah, she- I just wanted him to smash him with a baseball bat. Well, he he did. But after he hit him with the water. I think he kept hitting him. Because it was like, I remember he's like, keep hitting the water. And he just goes smashing the water on him. I just want him to fool out just baseball bat. Well, if you want to get really scientific, dude, there's the aliens having acid blood makes no sense. They would burn themselves. Uh, what aliens? The a- the In Aliens, the, ser- the, the franchise Aliens. Well, their exoskeleton keeps the... How, how would it? How? It's the, they're the perfect being. Like their exoskeleton is strong enough to keep it off. So, well, there's, there, but that's not scientifically explained. Why would that be? Why, because they've, why, they've, why would it be that you have blood it, that you, you have blood that can burn through steel? Because their exoskeleton is immune to that certain acid. Like acid doesn't burn through everything. Like there's different like 
like corrosive acid will burn through certain things, but not other things. It, it, I still think that it's very fantasy. It's very, it's very, very like okay. I guess hypothetically speaking, but oh, it's pr- I, it's it's pretty far fetched, dude. I guess, but there's <laughs> there's creatures out there like there's animals that have like acidic um, parts of their their body, and their their shells have taken care of it, but it affects other creatures. When did you see signs? When I was like fourteen. And you thought of this then? Yeah. Really, um, the second time, the first time I watched, it, I was like twelve. Okay, so yeah, no, for for me, I don't know. I just I just liked the message behind the movie enough that I guess I didn't pay attention to that. But, oh, okay, that's cool. Like I said, the uh, the majority of the movie I enjoy. Said the Grinch to Christmas. No, the Grinch <laughs> hated everything about Christmas. Okay. I this enjoyed... is more you pulling apart movies for everything. I, I enjoyed most of the movie. What are you talking about? Okay, okay, It's one fine. of my favorites of his. I will go and rewatch Signs. <laughs> okay, oh, That's okay. a good movie. Okay, so as long as you agree, the movie itself is, is solid. Man, I, I, I don't like one thing. Apparently, I hate everything. Well, I know you hated Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, 2. I hated it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, apparently. Yeah, that's my life. No, so... I think it's because I'm too critical. Like... No, that, like that's what that's what I'm. It might at. it might be my, my my tone in when I'm criticizing a movie makes me makes it seem like I am, like dissing the entire movie. Is that is that what it is? Well, I don't I don't know. Um, I guess what I'm saying is if there's this whole race of beings we know nothing about, presumably there could be some reason why moisture in the atmosphere doesn't affect them, but direct contact with the physical wetness of the water does. It's not that I don't I don't understand why it's so hard to understand. I don't know. It is <laughs> for me. Like it's it's silly, but to me, like I said, it's no sillier than an alien having acid blood. See, I I I find the acid blood more plausible. It's but, a lot scarier. Well, no, I it's, just find- it's. It, I mean, water to us is this beautiful thing. So yeah. seeing it as a threat in any way, shape, or form besides drowning in it is you know. Oh no! Weird. I, I no, I love seeing it as a threat. <laughs> like if, like with Avatar, when waterbenders are using it to kill people, that's awesome. But I actually haven't watched that. Don't watch the movie. Don't well, ever watch the movie. You mean the James Cameron movie? <laughs> no. Uh, the. <laughs> I know they're. I know they're different, but I thought you were making a reference to the movie. No. Okay. But if you think that's <laughs> the only Avatar movie out there, that's. For your own well-being. No, I know. I know. There's the last Airbender. Oh, stuff. Don't watch that ever, 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 ever. It never looked interesting it's to me. It's so terrible. It's a horrible movie. Just garbage. Absolute garbage. Really? Yes. Just <laughs> okay. I'll trash. Trash is what I call that. But go watch the cartoon. Really good. Okay. Cartoon's really good. Probably. Uh, then quick, just little things is I have favorite recent read. And my favorite recent read is actually Injustice Season 2, or Year 2, not Season 2, which is uh, the second year after Superman kills Joker and becomes all evil regime. And it was hard for me to read. As much as the first one had like more horrible stuff like Green Arrow dying, um, Superman pretty much like punches Green Arrow to death in front of his parents. Uh, and so that was hard to read. But this one had Hal Jordan betraying the Green Lanterns and pretty much the death of all the Green Lanterns. 
mm. which was hard to hard to read. Like Hal kills Guy. Oh god. Yeah, and like uh John Stewart dies, Kyle Rayner dies. These are all spoilers, but this comic's pretty old. Uh Yeah, so that was that was hard to get through. And knowing that was going to happen. Uh even though I knew Black Canary lives, like she gets stabbed by Superman at the end. And that was hard to That sucks. Yeah, especially since I, Oh no, she had the kid. Um but then Doctor Fate saves her. Um. Yeah, good read. Still good read though. Cool. And then uh, never have I ever. I've never read a Black Panther comic till now, and really cool. Just seeing his character, uh, seeing him being the king of Wakanda. Uh, I don't know if this is in the original, but this is how they did it for, uh, his modern run. Is pretty much his dad died, and. Uh, his dad was killed by Claw, the mercenary, and uh, his uncle was the Black Panther, the king of Wakanda. And pretty much what happens is anyone can actually be the Black Panther. Uh, they have a ritual, I think it's every five years, it might be every year, they have a ritual in which anyone can challenge the Black Panther uh, to a fight, and if they the person wins in the fight then they become the next Black Panther, the next King of Wakanda. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what happened is uh, T'Challa um, uh, challenged his uncle in combat and won and became the King of Wakanda. So, hmm. yeah, and then the the main story is, the story is uh, who is the Black Panther and... So it's pretty much there's a terrorist group um, that consists of Rhino, uh, Claw, and then two others. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Black Knight. Excalibur guy. Uh, Black Knight. And then there's Cannibal, who is a cool character, who pretty much like when he physically touches you, or it might be kisses you, um, he transfers his soul to your body and so you like so that it's not switch souls but like he pretty much just takes over the body um and so he can kill people that way and then become different people uh yeah and then there was like a nuclear man dude i forgot his name he had a really stupid name not like the Dolph Lundgren dude from Superman 4 uh he's kind of like that actually huh uh, just not as stupid as that. <laughs> he was a better villain. He isn't in the that. big flashy blonde mullet. No, he was all green and like vibrant. Uh, but yeah, so that was a good, uh, it got me enough to buy the first complete collection of the priest run, which was the first like major Black Panther run, hmm. um, in the nineties. But so I'm excited to get around to reading that. Uh, but yeah. Thank you for joining us this episode of Origins and Adaptations. Thanks, guys. And we will uh, catch you later. 47, right? Yep. 47. 47. Woo-hoo!